new episode of the Emmanuel Pastors Podcast, a chance for the members of Emmanuel Baptist Church, especially during this quarantine season, to listen in on a conversation between their two pastors. I'm Nathan. I'm Theo. And uh, my beard's getting large. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't actually think I've seen you this hairy before. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a fun experiment. I hope it can end soon. Uh, but yeah, that's been my my thing is to I'm not going to shave my beard until I can until we can gather as a church again. So we'll see we'll see how long this takes. Yeah, yeah. I like. I think I am going to go to the barber shop as soon as they like allow that to be a thing. So uh, we'll see what happen. We'll see when that happens. But nice. yeah. Who's your Who's your barber? Uh, I, there's two that I've, I've kind of gone between. There's one, both of them are like Asian barbers, so there's one in Vietnamese town that I've gone to, and then there's one that's like closer to, to Trinity, so when I'm up there I'll sometimes stop by there and uh, show, she's a Korean lady and she cuts my hair there. Nice. Yeah, yeah my barber still is open for business. Oh, awesome. It's my wife. Well, In my bathtub. Okay. That's how I've always had my hair cut. One time recently, she couldn't do that in the last few years, and I went to uh, Great Clips, and the lady asked me if I wanted my eyebrows trimmed, too, so it's a sign you're getting old. <laughs> Did you do it? And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. Anyway, yeah, my unibrow's growing in as well. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and if you haven't seen my beard lately, uh, come to prayer meeting sometime. Uh, Saturday mornings, 10 o'clock. Zoom. Um, that'd be a great place to see people. Uh, Evan popped in on prayer meeting, and I was surprised at how big his beard was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, we 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 take some time to pray, but uh, we also kind of have some time to hang out with other members of the church on Zoom for a little bit at the end. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So we got prayer meetings on Saturdays. We got small groups meeting the regular night of the week doing. A regular Bible reading plan discussion with some fun mixed in. Uh, this coming week for our small group, we're trying to do a like an online game thing and and challenge people to see if there might be an, someone that isn't part of the church that you want to invite. So we'll see how that goes. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, um, but yeah, we got the speaking of the Bible reading plan. Every day you get an email in your inbox with. Uh, just a short one, two-minute video with that day's psalm. Um, short little thought about it, maybe. Hopefully you're keeping up with God's Word, and it's fun to be reading that together. What else are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yesterday you got a midweek devotional. Yep. Um, just every Wednesday, somebody, just a short little thought, kind of in the middle of the week, to keep you oriented to uh, God's perspective. And you get our, our Sunday guides that we send out every Saturday. Yep. Uh, new Spotify playlist, a sermon. Yep. So this coming Sunday, a little sneak peek for those of you who are faithful listeners. You can know ahead of time on Thursday, but uh, I actually recorded a message for another church here in the city um, last Saturday that they used on their Sunday, in their Sunday thing. And uh, we thought, actually... This could be encouraging for our church, so it's going to be the the highlighted uh, kind of content for this Sunday. 
in your home worship. Um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm encouraged to hear people checking in on each other. I, I call someone up and they're like, yeah, I've already had several people from the body check in on me. And I'm like, nice. Mm. Um, we've had a, we've had um, online virtual wedding showers. Bethany's been planning a uh, all-church movie night. So the idea is that we're all going to watch the same movie together. Um, and then on Zoom, we can kind of on the side, kind of like those who are in secret church, kind of we were watching the simulcast thing, but then we had this Zoom thing going on on the side, and we were able to have some banter and <laughs> talk, and, and then we can discuss this movie. It's, uh, I forget the exact, something like The Hidden the hidden place I think that's it's uh, supposed to be really provocative and have some faith themes but be artistically really well done so that should be fun what else is going on in the church life these days uh, some uh, some people in my small group are, are starting to like take walks with each other yep they mask up and just, uh, meet up somewhere and they'll a walk. I, I went and met up with Seth this week, and that was pretty fun. Yeah, we just took a walk down the road a bit. Taking quite a few walks lately. That's a great thing. So we're actually going to send some more information out about this. But Theo and I would love to, especially as things are starting to thaw out a little bit. Um, maybe those who are comfortable, we'd be glad to buy you lunch, and uh, we can meet at the meeting place. I could sit on one end of the this long table, and you could sit on the other, and. Um, if you want to have lunch with us over your lunch hour, if you want to take a walk, uh, we'll you know try to schedule something like that. I'd love to have some embodied presence with you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are other things that we're forgetting, um, but uh, we had a Moody, um, all the Moody's students. There's I think like about 15 or so. Moody students in our, that are members of our church. We all hung out. Not all of us. Everybody could make it, but a good chunk hung, got to hang out on Tuesday night this week on, on Zoom and congratulate people on finishing this weird semester and kind of touch base, check in, hear plans. That was fun. In some ways, not, enti- not entirely, but that kind of uh, demographic spawned this idea that, that you had, Theo, for our topic for today. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I realized that a lot of um, people, when they had to go home or um, go back to wh- wherever their family was at, that they, uh, a lot of them are kind of just with family members uh, that are not not Christians or, or either like not as active in their faith as, as they'd like them to be. Um, and so it's it's a little hard for them to you know consistently maintain their their Christian walk in, in an environment that's just kind of it's not as conducive to that. So I, I wanted to talk today about how we uh, interact with unbelieving family members uh, from all across the board, and how we we can think about what's what's the re- what's our relationship to them, and how we can uh, love them and be faithful to Christ in the midst of that uh, environment. Yeah. So hopefully some help, something helpful, maybe in the specific idea of being sheltered in place. 
when your family either you have non-christians there or it's not this this super conducive spiritual environment but then broader just application to how we relate with our family at various levels so, yeah so where do you want to start with that how do how do we frame that how do we think about uh, family so i i think it's it's first important to know uh um throughout the bible irrespective of of whether or not your family or, or christian or not the bible does uh honor the legitimacy of, of familial relationships uh um it it doesn't matter if you you marry uh e- even though it's not right if you find yourself married to an unbeliever it's still or if two unbelievers are married th- those things are still legitimate institutions those yeah. are still legitimate families uh, if your parents are not saved they're still your parents they're mm-hmm. still their child um fifth commandment still applies yeah uh, that's looking if- at like ephesians 6 like talking specifically to believers and Paul says very clearly there that the the fifth commandment applies to believers still. Uh, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. And this is the first commandment was a promise that it may go well with you and that may, you may live long in the land. Do you think that when Paul's writing that letter, he has in mind that this is going to be read out loud into a uh, a gathering that's going to include like you know the the seven-year-olds and the seven-year-olds ears are going to all of a sudden perk up and hear and be like oh i need to obey mommy and daddy no i'm sure of it like it, it, when you look at like the, the larger context of when these these lists are played out it's it, he's he's just pinpointing all different demographics within the church like mm-hmm. husbands wives um yeah, they, so there's one uh, potential argument for having the church gathering be mixed and diverse but I guess I was getting at, um, does this does that apply just to seven-year-olds or three-year-olds or 12-year-olds? Or is there a time that that kind of children obey your parents becomes obsolete? Hmm. I think, so there, there's obviously like moments in the Bible where, you know, like, uh, like in Genesis, where it talks about marriage, you, you, you leave your father and mother and cleave to your wife. So there, there is a break okay. and a distinction there. But I, I think you can even see, like in, in some of Jesus's comments to to the Pharisees, yeah. um, that even as they're older and as they're moved on, there's still an obligation to uh, respect your parents, to take care of them in their old age. The whole korban, yeah work around of actually like yeah you can't you can't like not keeping the commandments of god to say i've dedicated this right yeah yeah this gift to the temple so i'm not i don't have to give it to you right uh, even jesus himself like as he's doing this this uh, very costly work of, of dying for our sins like takes time in john to acknowledge his mother and, and wow. take care of her yeah. um so i i think uh it looks different as an adult right. but the command is still there to honor your father and mother honor. throughout your life. Okay. Um, now, even if they're not a Christian. Yeah. Like having said that, I I wouldn't say that the command is uh, that 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 you have to listen to them on every front and everything. Um, I think it's pretty clear throughout the Bible that even though these institutions are legitimate, um, ultimately are like in our relationship to government, to husband and wife, to our parents, 
uh, ultimately our allegiance is to Jesus Christ and him alone. And because of that, there are going to be times where, uh, because of our faith to Jesus and our love for him, where we're going to have to do things that they don't like. Um, mm-hmm. Matthew 10 talks about family conflicts where um, because you're following Jesus, your, your brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers turn against you. Um, so uh, just kind of to wrap it all up, there's, there's a legitimacy to, to family institutions. The Bible's call to respect your parents uh, as best as you can is uh, a universal for all Christians. Um, but there will be times really for all people for all people yeah that's yeah. a better way to say it even in Romans 1 that's one of the sins that's listed right I yeah think, right? <laughs> the, the, the degeneracy of society yeah disobeying uh, parents uh, but go ahead sorry yeah, yeah sorry but there will be times where like because you love Jesus and you're following him that it, it, it's just going to cause tension and, and um, you're you're gonna be better off uh, loving the Lord and uh, following Him, even if it causes some familial tensions. So that's just a, a general okay. framework, though. Like, yeah. we, we need to sort of work into more specifics of yeah of details of these things. I've often said to people, like, the best way you can actually love your family is to love Jesus more, and to show even like I've seen some, you know, in this sort of transitional kind of launching phase that's being dragged out more in our society where you have these young adults that are still kind of dependent on their parents but they're also not kids and but they're maybe they're christians and their parents aren't and there's some conflict in some way and sometimes you really have to say i the the best way i can um, actually love you is to show you how i love jesus more and i'm going to do those things where I, where I can't, I mean, I'll I'll try to bend for you in some ways where Mm -hmm. I can, but it, but if you're telling me, you know, things that are counter to the the kingdom priorities for me to lit, to, to actually compromise and and to try to, and this gets especially hard in certain cultural, yeah, (laughs) especially, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, Asian culture. I know this is really hard. Um, but to, to actually, worship Christ to live for him in front of your parents with respect but but to do that all out is um, is a, is the most loving thing you can do for your parents because it shows them something of the gospel and it its effect on your life and mm-hmm. so like I think one of the things that like um, Tim I don't know, know where he talks about it like Tim Keller talks about um, is how like Christians should be. There should be a sort of like sweetness to their their witness that people are attracted to it. Um, they, they see how they love each other sacrificially, and will go the extra mile, uh, and will 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 do things for no other reason than to just serve and with no benefit to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, I think you know, as kids and and, and uh, with other family relations like. That, that should be a thing there. Uh, and alongside of that, there should also be that edge of, you know, um, I, I serve Jesus and I, I, I want to um, make much of him and, and, and talk about his life, death, and resurrection. And in doing that, uh, you, you kind of, like, 
take on Jesus's enemies and the people who don't like him. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of those principles. No one's above his master. Yeah. And the master had his family thinking he was insane. And yeah. Saying, come on, Jesus, come back home with us. <laughs> and he's like, who are my mother and brother and sisters? You know? I've not come to bring peace, but a sword turn father against, you know, I forget all the yeah. categories he uses, right. but there's a wedge that, that will come there. That's a tough, this is tough. I mean, yeah. we're talking kind of high level, as right. you said. So when you get down to like, what's this look like? You know, when you got to leave your dorm and go live with your parents. Or, yeah. And, 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 you know, like, like, uh, obviously there, there, there's some people who like have it like much harder than, than others. And, and I don't want to, uh, belittle their situation or, or make it clearer than it actually is. Um, but um, I don't know. I think I I hope that um, when you're with your family, that like if 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 it's just if it's just not a, a Christian environment or something like that, that like you can show them what it means to be a Christian by by the way you go the extra mile to to serve your father and mother to. Uh, be proactive to to help out around the house or or do extra things like that yeah that's where that the the first passage that came to my mind when you brought up this topic was first peter three in the scenario of a most likely it seems to be on two non-christians that are married and the wife is converted she finds herself married to a non-christian husband paul says elsewhere like first corinthians seven that she's not supposed to leave him if he'll live with her she should live with him so you get these mixed marriage uh scenarios and um and i just think this is a beautiful passage so first peter three uh wives be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word that is uh, put their faith in christ they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Now we know that no one can be ultimately one without a word. There has to be a word somewhere. So you have to articulate the gospel to your parents. But then at some point it becomes, it could become counterproductive to just kind of keep preaching at your parents, right? Um, Or your unbelieving spouse. At some point, like, you know they've heard the gospel. You've articulated it. You've explained it. Now uh, adorn it with... um, the sweetness of your of your life and the integrity of your life over time and and pray right and um and don't keep preaching but but uh show them the effect of the gospel in your life in the way that you respect them or serve and mm-hmm. interact and uh sometime that might just you know you think of like paul the apostle paul maybe even he got converted without someone preaching to him. Not true, actually. He was there when Stephen was preaching his sermon. Mm-hmm. So he heard the gospel articulated, proclaimed, and then it took a while <laughs> and some extraordinary circumstances, but, uh, and then that, and then, and then it, it happened. So that Absolutely. the seeds that get planted often yeah. will lay latent for a long time and, and you water them and you pray, you fertilize them with other things. And then in God's timing, the seed can, can germinate and sprout and, so that's how people become Christians. In this context, you know, I guess what I'm saying is don't just be an obnoxious Bible thumper. Right. right. Um, say it, 
when it's appropriate, yeah. make it clear, and then live out of the gospel yeah. in, in a way that 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 might God may use to soften the unbeliever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's it's important. Uh, this is just an obvious point, and and it's just it's one of those like sad realities of our lives that like. Um, no matter how much you do and, and pray and and, and uh, serve and preach, uh, you know some some of your family might not get saved, and um, yeah. and that's a that's a really hard and um, sad uh, state of things to deal with. Um, but but even in those circumstances, you know, we we're commanded to. Do our best to 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 honor them, love them, um, and and care for them. Yeah, and be patient. Patient. I mean, it's people can change slowly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what what if what would you do in a scenario where your parents want? Like I said, we're having a we having a family, you know, get together every Sunday at you know eleven and having lunch together or something. It, it like makes it this hard for you to participate in in your church family. What, what do you do there? give like easy answers to that because I'm not I'm not sure and I think what what I would try to do is uh, I, I try to talk to them I try to make clear um, that I, I need some time to um, be with the people of God and, and assemble um, and uh you know, like all uh, family conflicts, we would like try our best to like work something out and 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 and, and stretch and share and, and stuff like that. Um, some of this, I think, also depends on like age and stuff like that. If you're older and stuff like that, well, then yeah. make an adult decision and, and go to church. Um, if you're younger, I, I do think there is a little bit more of an obligation to. Uh, obey your parents and and um you know pray and, and be honest to the lord like i, I want to do this but right now like my main uh responsibility is to obey my parents right now for this time what if your parents want you to become a doctor or a lawyer but you uh, feel called to be a pastor or missionary or a stay-at-home mom or um, or a different career path. <laughs> I'm trying to make this yeah. practical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least let people know that we need to understand that there mm-hmm. are yeah. lots of different scenarios. Sure. So, there, I mean, there are times, like, in, in circumstances like that, like, again, like, age matters a lot. I don't think, like, 
like going back to that Genesis passage, there is a point when you leave your father and mother, um, but prior to that point, you're still with them, you're still under their authority, and you should mm-hmm. listen to them as best as you can. Mm. Um, when you do leave, you know, that's kind of what adult life is, is like taking responsibility for the choices you make and, and doing the best you can to uh, listen to the advice of others, but also be faithful that my life is for Jesus. And yeah. Um. Any other final advice for, um, let's say, particularly like a college student living back at home right now? Maybe parents are Christians, maybe not. Maybe they're immature Christians, or maybe they're mature Christians and you're immature, and it's uh, very uh, just hard, and there's lots of conflict and. Any any final words? Because we actually are late for another yeah another meeting right now. Um, I, I like so. I, I, the last thing I'll say is like, um, you're never gonna have a, a perfect family, Christian, non-Christian, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate what God's given you as much as you can, however much you can, and also resource your church family um, when uh, when you 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 feel the strain and, and you and you need. So like another older Christian to, to pour in your life. That's what we're here to do and mm. to love on you. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Yeah, We could say much more, but that's a good place to stop. Yep. Hopefully it's helpful. We miss you guys. Praying for you in all your particular scenarios and situations. And uh, yeah. Cool. Until next time. Until next time.